Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 5th of June 2013. For newcomers, I will suggest you make good use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see the official sites listed there that I have, and they all have transcripts for prints up as well as audios for download and in English. And if you go into Alan Watt's sentinel.eu, you can find transcripts in other languages for print up. There's well over a thousand audios for free downloads, as I say, and I go through the system that controls us, the system we're born into, that we take for granted because it was there when you're born, as your parents did too, and they accepted it as face, at face, uh, face value, basically. We're taught that from a very early age. And then, of course, we go into school, and we're taught not even think individually. We're taught groupthink and consensus and so on to, to create a standardized system of, of the general public. And this is really worldwide, the same agenda worldwide that's going on. So I go through the history of it, the, the foundations it set up a long, long time ago to bring in a world order based on standardized systems for the global order, where the top bankers in the world, of course, really through economics, run the whole planets and all the politics and everything else that happens underneath it. Because at the top of the tree, you truly have the economics at the very, very top of the pyramid, you might say. Everything runs on the one system. Those that haven't run on their system are getting bombed out of existence today. If they don't have central banks, private central banks, uh, and they're getting them uh, installed once they've been taken over by outside forces, uh, because the world must be standardized to bring this system in. And we're living through it, as I say, and it isn't to stop there either, because the big boys have so many plans. It's astonishing when you read all the reports from their think tanks, and they've got thousands of think tanks running on, on, on all the aspects of society and societal changes that they want to bring in and how to train the public uh, into accepting everything. So they, the public actually are oblivious of it because the indoctrination is so slick. And they're using top uh, experts, psychiatrists, psychologists, behaviorists, neurologists to work on all of this uh, for, out for them. And, the, and marketing, too, is a tremendous tool because they know all the tricks of the human mind. And they're way beyond Bernays ever had in his day. And he was good enough then. So help yourself to the, to the information, as I say, find out what's really happening and why we're going the way we're going. And to show you that all media is controlled, basically. And that's where you get your opinions and your thoughts from. We're all standardized. Now, I, have, I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't sell all their products. All I have, all I have is my books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com where I go through the system and I show you the art of chronology. Chronology is a tremendous art, very old, and it works so well because, again, these sciences of controlling mass populations are not new at all. They're simply improved, and the more data gathered down through history by an elite, of course, who never destroy knowledge because it's power, put them in archives, and they teach select people techniques that have been used before. Even Plato mentioned it. 
He said that uh, f- everything runs on formula. He said, if you know what people have done in the past, find the formula to make it institution institutionalized and repeat it in the same formula. It will work again. So whatever they have made people do in the past, they can make them do again quite simply. And to buy the books in dish, remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office. You can use uh, PayPal. Or you can send cash across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal would be awfully, awfully welcome, especially if you, if you would do uh, donations as well. Because I've got so many sites up there and I've got two different servers here because it costs, uh, because uh, I often get trouble with one or the other, sometimes both. Uh, that's why I have to try and keep everything going and it costs a lot of cash and it really does mount up. So I'd appreciate any donations that you can send my way. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. Now I've talked over the years about uh, the big, big agenda, because the big agenda really is going to take some time to totally complete, but they're working hard on it with our tax money, of course, with neuroscience and so on, finding new ways of behavior modification for large populations. And you find that through their various publications, of course, you get glimpses into what they're up to. And I've mentioned many times, too, that those who helped set up a global system a long time ago with a necessary future, which are here now, the future uh, modifications to all cultures for new ways of thinking, which have implemented up to the present time. A lot of these guys are dead now to help to implement the, the, this, all this different cultural change to get us ready for the changes. Uh, and, and even drafted up uh, screeds of stuff for, for the media to eventually do year after year, right up to the present time, as they push memes and trends and so on, which we all ad- adopt without thinking. And it gets us ready for all the changes, but it's to do with behavior modification on a, on a massive scale. And through, there's different techniques to create behavior modification. Uh, one is to give you lots of kind of drama and movies, of course, predictive programming it's called. And you don't realize that authors and scriptwriters are, are given cash, lots of money from the governments to add these into movies and novels and so on, all the, up, the updated politically correct uh, topics and so on. And through emotion, it embeds into your mind much, much easier uh, than if you're getting a rational uh, talk about something like a lecture. Uh, emotion is far better at causing guilt, for instance, which is a great way of modifying behavior, even if you've got nothing to be guilty about. And, of course, certain groups and so on use this technique to give them added status. Very, very simple. But anyway, you find the military-industrial complex is completely into every field that you think uh, is, is benign, like medical science and so on. If you look into the histories of bacterial and viral warfare, and you'll find that there's publications out there, some of them pretty old, in fact, going back to World War II, when governments like Canada that led the fields in, in these uh, bacterial warfare and viral warfare um, brought in big vaccine companies and big pharma companies to find to, how ways to weaponize these things to spread across enemy countries. And they wrote books about it, and uh, Deadly Allies is one of them, uh, Canada's Secret War, uh, which goes through quite a lot of this stuff. And it was so easy for them back then to create and modify viruses. 
for killer purposes and intentions. The odd thing is, too, it's still going on today, of course, in the big, big labs. And, of course, they naturally use big vaccine companies because they're using killer diseases. And they even modify these viruses and so on and synthesize them uh, themselves uh, uh, to be uh, deadly. And then they can find ways, supposedly, to, to, to neutralize them. Now, in bacterial and viral warfare with international agreements, for every step of modification of these things, they have to have the complete workable absolute antidote. So it's not true they don't have cures for a lot of diseases. They actually have antidotes to them, but there's no profit in giving you antidotes. It's far better to treat you for the rest of your life and you'll pay money for drugs and so on. And that's really the hard facts of life. That's how it really, really does work. But the thing is, too, you'll find that other organizations as well, especially in the neuroscience and so on, this into uh, working with quadriplegics and paraplegics and people with neurodevelopmental diseases and so on, or degenerative diseases, uh, come out with this nonsense, like this one here. Like DARPA's done it before, of course, when they actually put a brain implants uh, quite a few years back. And I read the article in the air. It's in the archive section at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And the, the idea was to get them to send emails just with thought. And they really true, or truly have uh, mapped the brain, even though they're still mapping other intricate parts of it today with the brain project under Obama and the European one as well, and the Japanese one all combined using our tax money because they want to know how you tick and even if they can read your thoughts. Now, this is for total control of the general population, and they also want a system eventually where everyone will be using the GERFEC technique that they're using in Scotland as a test base, where every child is monitored from birth and even given psychological examinations starting from the age of two months old, believe it or not, right through their lives. And this is to turn out and correct to make the perfect citizen, you see, the obedient, placid citizen, naive, of course. Always been the dream of tyrants, and I see Bertrand Russell and others talked about this a, a lot in the past. He said by ways of using um, food, we can put stuff in food, to even drug them if we have to. Uh, Charles Gordon Darwin said the same thing, food, water, and Russell went going back to Russell, he said we can also use the needle uh, vaccinations he was talking about. And we're so trusting because we've been taught to be trusting. And it's very, so interesting to read even the history of services, like medical services, even police services, because if you read the writings of Lenin, he talked about them, and he says, in the West, they'll be taken down by services, which become part of society eventually and institutions, and then they become authorities, and that's what they were intended always to become, authorities over you. Now, the latest thing from the guys that want to help you with you've got a neurodegenerative disease, of course, because you know the money they throw to helping people uh, as they want to also kill them off because they're classified as, as non-productive anymore. I mean, we know this, right? And it says quadcopter control in three-dimensional space using a non-invasive motor imagery-based brain-computer interface. They love these terms, you know. Sounds very, very uh, upbeat. And it says that the balance and intersection of human and machine adaptation has found the optimally functioning brain computer interface, BCI they call it. In the study we report a novel experiment of BCI controlling a robotic quadcopter in three-dimensional physical space using non-invasive scalp electroencephalograph EEG in human subjects. We then quantify the performance of the system using metrics uh, suitable for asynchronous BCI 
Lastly, we examine the impact that the operation of a real-world device has on subject's control in comparison to 2D virtual cursor tasks. So they got five subjects who trained them to modulate their sensor motor rhythms to control an AR drone navigating a 3D physical space. They got visual feedback and so on. Etc. 90.5% of all uh, the, the, the subjects hit their valid targets each time. So that they can already do that without even implanting something in your brain, just by stimul- stimulating your brain through magnetic frequencies, which is signals. And they go through this here. Now, this is to do, because after reading how much money is going into this kind of thing, and the interest has been showing it, so on it, you can tell it's not to help people with degenerative diseases. They'd rather have to simply die off rather than claim welfare all their life or, or disability. And there's lots of articles out there where they've talked about that, doing away with them all. So you find that the military industrial complex is naturally behind this, but they put them into these fields of medicine and science. I'll put this article up tonight. It's from IOP Science. And it's worth reading because it shows you how far they've gone. This is what's published to the general public. Now, when this is a lower level stuff. Anything that's published for the general public is low level. At a higher level, it's been done already somewhere else, much higher. And it doesn't mean that the ones below even know it's been done. That's how it really, really happens. And also, too, this article is um, Vaccine Confidence Index, it's called... And it has different talks on here from Dr. Larson at the 2012 World Congress on Risk and so on about vaccines, things you don't know, but things that the big boys know perfectly well, what vaccines are doing and so on, and the side effects of them as well, and how they come to the conclusions that it's okay to, if so many percent will be severely disabled or or end up dead because of them, that's worth it for herd immunity, they call it. So they know that certain people will die. And of course, to have your DNA, your family and all the rest of it, they know who you're going to be if you're going to die. They know. And they'll say, well, you had the wrong genes. Well, no, you didn't have the wrong genes. We are not all the same. That's nature, folks. We're not all the same. They want us to be all the same down the road. And when they start cloning folk, they will be all the same. But at the moment, we're natural. And we're different uh, physiologies and so on. And not everything's the same in every person. So they accept they're going to kill so many and cripple many others more with, with, the, with what they're, sh- they're shoving into you by law now in some countries like Australia. Also, you find that uh, when they floated the idea, uh, as they did in, in Cyprus, with the banking system of haircuts, they called it, meaning stealing depositors' wealth, and uh, by law, of course, because they make it legal to steal at the top, Mind you, have been this been made it legal to steal from you for an awful long time, through other ways too. But it says the Central Bank Forum and the Bank for International Settlements, it's a BIS, which is created by a, a private institution called the Royal Institute of International Affairs, with branches also called Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, they set up the BIS and the IMF and the World Trade Organization, and their idea was to bring in these world central banks in charge of whole trading blocks even, they'll have the ultimate say on what happens in any country like like across Europe. And it says here, they've got a new blueprint for how to recapitalize a major lender in the event of a failure, seeking to avoid the sort of chaotic ad hoc rescues seen since 2008's financial crash. 
and they've been grappling since it collapsed the U.S. investment bank Lehman Brothers five years ago with the question of how banks regarded as systemically important or too big to fail can be recapitalized without causing panic and without needing taxpayers' cash. And the BIS paper released on Sunday, this is the Bank for International Settlements, and that's to be the big one for the world, remember, said so its plan would allow banks to recapitalize quickly and easily and would allow authorities to give an unequivocal uh, guarantee that insured depositors would not lose savings. And now the thing is, too, that if you read through this whole article here, uh, remember that they're talking about $100,000, under $100,000, you'll be okay. Don't believe it, folks, because there's also uh, little additives in there, or small print, you might say, um, where they can decide on the spot, the government can decide on the spot, just how much to scalp uh, the, the, the depositors. And, of course, that's how they're going to do it. Across the world, anywhere at all, and it's all legal to steal, well, to steal everything else from you, why not that too? Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back and I've mentioned quite a few times the, this topic of GIRFEC, this new uh, system they brought into Scotland as a trial basis for the world. And you have to understand it's to be used in America and across the, the whole planet eventually. And as I say, they're using Scotland as a test bed and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been road rough sh- uh, shot over all the public there without their consent whatsoever. And it's an old idea, again, going back to the 40s and 50s, Bertrand Russell talked about it as well, using a small population um, for, for a test bed to use this particular system of re-education and stopping wrong thoughts, you might say, or, or getting wrong opinions from parents to the children and contaminating them with old-fashioned ideas, you see. So anyway, they're going to test children from the age of two months onwards right through their whole lives and give them frequent uh, forms to fill in about their parents too, what they talk about, what they do, what's their opinions on things, etc. It's a complete spy network and this should not go ahead at all. I'll put it up again tonight and it's this actual article here I've touched on before. It um, says there's no V for vulnerable in GERFEC. And they start off by thanking. There's a petition here. The links are on it, by the way. Everyone should sign it across the whole planet, not just in Scotland. And they're gathering lots of signatures to, to tell them, no, we don't want this. Get it out. And then it says the mainstream and social media have been picking up on those aspects of the Children and Young People's Bill. That's what it's called, that have highlighted uh, as being a, a breach of Article 8, the UK Data Protection Act, and a specific, specific EU Data Protection Directive, the unilateral departure from which by Scotland would have far-reaching implications for the rest of the UK. This is a Scottish Sunday Express has run a series of three front-page articles covering the main issues of concern, the most recent of which has been revealed the contempt in which citizens are held by a government which has deliberately chosen to ignore a public opinion in order to covertly collect, use and misuse in cases we've come across the personal data of every individual without bothering to obtain consent, informed or otherwise. And the links to the different newspapers mainstream are on here too, put that up too. And it says Christopher Booker has also recently issued a stern warning in his Telegraph column entitled, Now it's a social worker for every child in Scotland. The state is to, is, is putting a social worker, state authorized social worker in charge of each child. You get designated one as a child. 
making the point that more state interference will not protect children. And Dr. Stuart Waiton, a sociologist and criminologist from Abertay University, has strongly criticised the Scottish Government's plans in an opinion piece in the Scotsman newspaper, while Maggie Mellon, writing in the Herald, has described the Children and Young People's Bill as a missed opportunity. Since the sinister nature of Girfeck has been the subject of countless blog posts, including an expose of Battery Children, Scottish style, just like Battery Hands, by the inimitable Anna Raccoon and All Your Children Are Ours by Orphans of Liberty. It's also been discussed on a number of radio and internet broadcasts inside and outside the UK, which has done little to enhance Scotland's international reputation. The Big Brother Scotland thread from the Home Education Forums, and the link's on for that one, uh, has many previous and current articles relating to Gerfeck in an article first published by Schoolhouse in 2009 called ID Cards for Babies, The Rest Will Follow documents the, the hidden history of the EU, the European Union rooted, which is definitely not a homegrown Scottish project, which was first enthusiastically embraced by Tony Blair, you know the psychopath Tony Blair, the yes man for money. He'll do anything, you see yes for money to anybody. And later adopted uncritically by the Scottish Government and its predecessor executives. Cross-party culpability clearly applies when it comes to Gerfeck, such as test tube baby or e-care and half-sibling to every child matters. And it gives you comments on the petition recently posted in one of the forums by a highly experienced former social worker. And it goes through what's, what's happening and where it's going to go and so on. It's a good article I'll put up tonight. I'll put the link up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you've got to read this, folks, because it's coming to every country in the world after it's been tested out in Scotland. Also getting back to the brain project, because this is really what's going on. The, the media now is churning out nothing but rubbish. The mainstream media. A big change happened about two months ago. And you could tell them all starting to, even the mainstream, churning out trivia, tabloid little trivia articles. And this is a, or, because they're all organized and all owned basically by the same big group. They all belong to the Royal Institute of International Affairs and Council on Foreign Relations. All these moguls of, of the newspapers are owned by guys who are members of these organizations. And they work together to give standardized opinions. Back to the brain project, and it says, this is from the, the, the Irish Times, it says, your brain, can we really get our heads around three pounds or so of fatty, salty tissue and billions of cellular connections and molecular interactions that make you do what you do? Two major projects announced in recent months have staked out ambitious aims to get the bigger picture of what's going on in there. In January, the European Commission revealed it selected the Human Brain Project as a future and emerging technologies flagship project. It's expected to cost more than a billion euros over the next decade. The initiative is looking to build a computer simulation of a human brain. If the approach works, the model could provide a virtual test bed for experimenting and understanding the brain and health and disease. Well, mind you, they classify wrong think as a disease, folks. I hope you understand that. It's your typical way they put it out. It's for health reasons. Then in early April, the Obama administration announced the Brain Initiative, standing for Brain Research Through Advancing Innovative in newer technologies, but often simply called the brain activity map. The idea here is to develop and use technologies to record real-time interactions and help to build a more dynamic picture of the human brain. Again, the, work, the plan is to work on this over a decade, and each year will likely need hundreds of millions of dollars in funding. They want to know all about you to modify you. And they'll do it remotely, folks. Back with more after this.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back cutting through the matrix, talking about neuroscience and the massive amount of money that's getting put into projects to find ways of how the brain completely thinks. Every part of the brain is to be mapped, and they're trying to find out how to alter the way that you think if they find that you've got wrong think, basically. That's the purpose of neuroscience, as they call it now, where behaviorists and various psychologists and psychiatrists are all working together and biochemists as well. And that really is what they were set up to do. Now, there's an article, too, that ties in with this as well, because it says Kathleen Taylor, neuroscientist, says religious, religious fundamentalism could be treated as a mental illness. Now, is that only select peoples that will be classified as having wrong thinking and fundamentalism, or is that all religious folk? Well, it'll be selective folks. And it said here that an Oxford University researcher and author specializing in neuroscience had suggested that one day religious fundamentalism may be treated as a curable mental illness. See, there, remember two, we're going through the, the, the statistical ma- uh, manual for the, for the diagnosis of mental disorders and so on. As I've updated that, and, and they've got so many new disorders, it, it's hard to believe. And they're going into variously, various uh, areas which really are to do with your morals. If you're the wrong morals, meaning you like to be clean and tidy, and you don't like wallowing in certain things you think is dirty, then you're ill, you see. But anyway, um, getting back to the article, it says here that um, she describes herself as a science writer affiliated to the Department of Physiology, Anatomy and Genetics, made the suggestion during a presentation on brain research at the Hay Literary Festival in Wales on Wednesday. In response to a question about the future of neuroscience, she said, one of the surprises may be to see people with certain beliefs as people who can be treated the Times of London notes. So already uh, there's a consensus in neuroscience and the politics uh, and the groups actually that fund it believe that certain folk need to be treated. It's, what's really interesting, if you went to the history of psychiatry, it was born uh, and they put Freud forward as a front man, basically. He claimed the roots of many um, racial thing, aspects of, of the West and so on towards this particular people was because they were crippled uh, and, and basically with their, their morality to do with sexual matters and they'd have to break them all up and destroy all that and have people basically doing what they're doing now. It's worked awfully well, you see. It's been total war as they destroy the family unit and have everybody rutting like rabbits, basically. It's worked awfully well. This is war, folks. And if you went to neuroscience too, this is all. this is the next big phase of this. This is their goal. And it says here that one of the surprises may be to see people with certain beliefs treated, actually. But who's, who's going to, is it going to be judges or what? What's it going to be? Or they go through your census reports, all the data. Oh, you, you believe in this, you believe in that. It's not for every religion, remember. It's only certain ones. It says someone who has been, for example, become radicalized to a cult ideology, we might stop seeing that as a personal choice, uh, that they've been chosen as a result of pure free will, and may start treating as some kind of mental disturbance. In many ways, it could be a very positive thing, because there are no doubt beliefs in our society that do a heck of a lot of damage. Well, democracy is one, because we've never had it. This author went on to say she wasn't referring to the obvious candidates like radical Islam, but also meant such beliefs as the idea that beating children is acceptable. 
It's really interesting, too, because the same movement, you see, that brought Freud forward, who said he was bringing a plague to America, by the way, of, of destroying their culture. Uh, you find also that many others are involved in it, too. And the product Dr. Spock, who started the whole thing about, oh, treat your child like he's your best friend. Well, sorry, a child is a child. An adult is an adult. And you completely think completely differently. But they put all that imagery through, through, again, as Bernays says, always use uh, magazines. More women read magazines and believe, believe the experts more than men do. And that's how they started that. And they put it talk shows. And then they put it into comedies and so on and so on, where dad's a silly little guy and mum and the child are far more smart and, and, and intelligent. So we're awfully, awfully well. Total war, we're talking about total war. And most folk don't know they've been born into total war. Anyway, it says here, Taylor was not immediately available for comment. It says, this is not the first time Taylor has explored uh, the mind process of a radical. In 2006, she wrote a book about mind control called Brainwashing the Science of Thought Control, which explored the science behind persuasive tactics of such groups as cults and Al-Qaeda. Now, remember that Al-Qaeda was begun by the CIA. And they took uh, interpreters and so on. Uh, they radicalized the Islamic teachings. They flooded them with pamphlets and books, with radicalized books, with the radical versions of Islam. I put up the documents before, in the past. I've shown you back in the 70s, when uh, Brzezinski was over there talking to them. And he says, this will be a holy war. We'll create us against the Soviets at the time. And it was completely CIA-funded and special forces trained. And still on the go today. Taylor also noted that brainwashing through extreme is part, well, extreme is part of the, the much more widespread phenomenon of persuasion. That is, how we make people think things that are, might not be good for them, but they might not otherwise have chosen to think. Now, to simply reverse it, uh, they can, the ones who want a, a, their perfect obedient society of standardized people will decide what you should think and find ways of making you think that way. That's what neuroscience is all about. And don't forget, too, it's based on genetics. It's eugenics, folks. This is however, Taylor has been a voice of caution in terms of the ethics of delivering too deeply or delving too deeply into the human brain's mysterious workings. Technologies which directly scan or manipulate brains cannot be neutral tools as open to commercial exploitation as any new gadget. Well, this can be a tool for the government because that's who's funding it using your tax money. It says, Taylor wrote a, a blog post for the Huffington Post in 2012. It says, the brain supremacy offers chances to improve human dignity, but also risks abuse. Well, it was designed to abuse by altering everyone's minds for them. Now, these people also work with Hollywood folks. They work with the cultural departments of all governments. Why, do you, why does your governments, since World War II, have departments of culture? The Soviets had it too. That's because, you see, they take your existing culture and they modify it step by step by step until you don't even know what the original culture was. You're living through an agenda and folk are completely ignorant of it. Completely ignorant. As I say, war was declared upon the world a long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. And it's still going on. It's, It's more efficient now than it's ever been. Now, we also know that in politics, which has always been corrupt, and, and the politicians are allowed so much corruption because they're naturally psychopaths. They're picked by outside forces that fund them into existence. 
and fund them onto their platforms and get them into where they want them to be. Then they're mouthpieces for them, just like Tony Blair and all the rest of them. And studies have been done in the past by uh, different um, professionals in, in fields of psychology and, and psychopathy, and there have been too many studies to, to ignore. They, they show these people tend to be picked because they're psychopaths. They have no guilt whatsoever. If their big boss above them, who will make sure they're well, well looked after all their lives, uh, backs them and tells them what to do, they will do it, even go to war. And they've done it all the time. But anyway, it says here, a White House official says President Barack Obama will name former aide Samantha Power. Now, Samantha Power is the wife of Cass Sunstein, the guy also who believes in neuroscience and the art of persuading the public against their wills. Uh, so they're all in it together. It's all in family affairs now. So she's been picked as a U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. Says Powell will replace, replace Susan Rice, who will take over as Obama's national security advisor. The official says Obama will announce both appointments from the White House Wednesday afternoon. This is Powell's a long-time Obama advisor who worked on his 2008 presidential campaign and ran the Human Rights Office in the White House. She left the administration in February. It was considered the favorite to replace Rice at the United Nations. So they picked the in-house family bunch. It's always in the families, isn't it? Always is. And also, too, most folk take news at face value because they're not taught to be critical. Critical thinking is, is, is dissuaded in school and through universities. And all you do is depart the PC stuff that your professor dishes out and you get good marks. And you know that, too, when you're going through it. But we should do critical thinking because uh, eventually, uh, uh, as as Brzezinski said, the public will be unable to think for themselves through the techniques they were using back in the 1970s. He says they'll they'll simply be able to parrot verbatim, basically, last night's news because they don't question it at all. But this article from the Rolling Stone says, why didn't the Security and Exchange Commission catch Madoff? It might have been policy not to catch him. More and more embarrassing stories of keep uh, keep leaking out of the SEC, which is beginning to look somehow worse than corrupt. It's hard to find the right language exactly, but aggressively clueless comes pretty close to summing up the atmosphere that seems to be ruling the country's top financial gendarmes. The most recent contribution to the broadening canvas of dysfunction and competence around the the SEC is a whistleblower complaint filed by 56-year-old Kathleen Fury, senior lawyer who worked in the New York regional office, Agency outposts with direct jurisdiction over Wall Street. Fury's complaint is full of startling revelations about the SEC, but the most amazing of them is that Fury and the other 20-odd lawyers who worked in her unit at the NYRO were actually barred by a superior from bringing cases under two of the four main security laws governing Wall Street, the Investment Advisors Act of 1940 and the Investment Company Act of 1940. According to Fury, her group at the SEC's New York office from a period stretching for over half a decade through December to 2008 did not, as a matter of policy, pursue cases against investment managers like Bernie Madoff. Fury said she was flatly told flatly by her boss, Assistant Regional Director George Stepanuk, that we do not do IM cases. And says so some background is necessary to explain the significance of this tale. There are four main laws that the SEC uses to regulate the financial sector. At least as far as numbers go, the agency has a fairly extensive record of enforcement actions with the first two, which are aimed at securities market. 
The first of those is the Curious Act of 1933, also commonly known as the Blue Sky Laws, which, amongst other things, set down the rules mandating public discourse of pertinent information to investors and securities. The second is the Securities Exchange Act of 1934, which governs securities already issued and includes the laws barring insider trading. It's quite, quite amazing because, I mean, they gave the past laws last year to allow all the congressmen and, and senators to do insider trading. See, it's amazing to how corrupt it all is. It's in your face. Since both of these laws are primarily intended to prevent fraud in securities markets. But the agency's record is a little spotty when it comes to the other two key pieces of legislation, the Investment Advisors Act of 1940 and the Investment Company Act of 1940. These are the agency's main tools for prosecuting fraud and malfeasance involving people who manage other people's money. Mutual funds, hedge funds, investment managers, somebody like Bernie Madoff, who took billions from investors and simply stole the money instead of investing, would largely be regulated under the latter two acts. Fury joined the SEC in September 2004, starting as a law clerk in the Enforcement Division. She rose up and was promoted three times over the next three years. Then in 2007, Fury started work on a case that involved Value Line, high-profile family of mutual funds that was being accused of charging tens of millions of dollars in bogus commissions. The company had appeared on the SEC's radar via referral in 2004, but the agency's higher-ups had not yet approved a formal investigation, which is necessary for the issuance of subpoenas. When she tried to take that next step in the value line case, Fury said she was denied. This is when she said Stupanic uh, filter in on his we don't do IM cases policy. Upset. See, that's what they do. There's laws there, but they go, they, they just call them policies. They change them and go by a policy. Upset and convinced that the assistant director of the New York office did not have the authority to unilaterally non-enforce two major portions of SEC's regulatory mandate, Fury appealed to Stepanuk's superior at the NYRO. According to, the, to her complaint, this official, instead of helping her and paving the way for the investigation to proceed, gave her two options. He said he could either rec- she could either recant her statement about being told not to pursue IM cases or she could go to the SEC inspector general. Incidentally, Mrs. Fury, in her initial arguments over this case, specifically warned the agency need to begin enforcing Section 206 of the Investment Advisors Act, which barred money managers from employing any device scheme or artifice to defraud any client or prospective client. She warned that pursuing the cases under that statute may save the agencies from future embarrassment. Section 206 was the exact statute the SEC ultimately employed, both in the value line case many years later and in the case against Bernie Madoff. This background is key to understanding the timeline of the SEC's response to both Madoff and investment manager, management cases in general. Then it goes into the rest of the whole story. It's quite a long article, actually, but it's worth reading to see how it was their policy not to go after certain people. It was their actual policy. It wasn't their law. It was the policies they put in. Which tells you there's a lot of corruption involved. I have no doubt, too, there's a lot of kickbacks as well. And I'd say to this as well, there's a lot of networking amongst money managers, because they have a lot in common, more than just money. Another article here too, as we go down the tubes with everything, and um, it says Quebec Hospital wants 1,000 patients to come in for HIV and hepatitis tests. It says uh, that the colonoscopy and endoscopy equipment may not have been sterilized adequately. Can you believe that? Hmm? So they're asking a thousand uh, other patients uh, that have had these uh, procedures done 
to submit to the HIV and hepatitis B and C screening after finding out the equipment used was not adequately sterilized. Officials at the, the Hotel Dieu, a hospital at Levi, just across St. Lawrence River from Quebec City, held a conference the, uh, in the afternoon to discuss details of the discovery. And they always say these things, they took for lawsuits. And the risk is small, it says. But the potential infections are important and they're treatable. Really, the HIV. So we decided to engage in preventive screening, said Francois Amont, the hospital's director of professional services. And it says, uh, Amont said that because of the risk, however small, the hospital cannot take a chance that a patient might have been infected with a communicable disease, well, especially if you're sticking something up your rectum, you know, and then something down, right down your stomach as well. It's been up to a lot of other rectums before yours and hasn't been cleaned. Well, anyway, it just shows you how these people know what they're doing, folks. It's un- un- unthinkable that a person in that field would not make sure something's properly sterilized. It's unthinkable, folks. This is cutting corners, big time. Nobody will know, etc., etc. but then somebody else they found out. And that's how these things come to the light. Someone finds out and is not happy about it. Often you get whistleblowers, too, and they just simply get fired. If you're honest today, it's a hard thing to keep a job. Very hard. Obama signs executive order giving himself a pay increase. Well, that's the rule. Well, as I say, he signed the orders too to give them um, insider trading laws that can they can actually get all information from things they're going to do down the road. You know, where do you want a new military base? Okay, everybody get your cash on this investment program, and away they go. There's nothing really new in this. Only they've made it legal for themselves to do so. Also, we know about Agenda 21, uh, the Millennial Project, sustainability, all that. It's all the same project for the United Nations. However, it will to be crammed into the cities. And uh, there's, a, there's an article out, too. It's called The Human City. This is we're living through the most rapid, significant phase of urbanization in human history. By 2030, more than 60% of the world's population, 5 billion people will live in cities. That's the agenda for 21. And this big meeting is going on right now. I'll put this article up tonight too at cuttingtreebeatings.com. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're cutting through the matrix. Also, people forget about NAFTA. They, they all know about the European Union. They've accepted all that too. It's normalized in their minds. It's, it's always been that way. It's always been unified. It's always been in Brussels. They had, they had parliament and so on. But we forget about NAFTA and the, of course the mainstream won't publish much about it. But you'll find there's many more important organizations going on around the world working full time towards all these goals. It's not just a Bilderberg every, every meeting really, which is where they simply go to find out the latest stuff of all these other organizations they run to see how they're getting on, what they've done and so on. Uh, and you find one of these organizations, as I say, is the Council on Foreign Relations, which is a, the branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, private organizations set up by, the, by, uh, by big international bankers a hundred years ago. And they set up lots of other organizations to unify other, other blocks of, or countries in the blocs, like Europe and in the Americas too. Now, this organization, Parliamentarians for the Americas, is now called Parl Americas. And, uh, uh, this is an organization, I'll put up tonight's links for it, that they'll show you, they're still ongoing, they're into, it's, for glo- it's for governance of the whole region, the hemispheric region. They've got the Caribbean countries into it, and all of the US, Canada, we've all got representatives working on this full time, and for integration and governance for the whole, the whole block, basically, the next trading block. And it's quite an organization. You'd, 
an awful lot of funding, obviously, a lot of big, well-known names involved in it from politics and bureaucrats too. Bureaucrats are very heavy up there. But uh, every country's in it, and I'll show you the members uh, of it too and all um, the participants involved. It's quite astonishing when you're into it. They've changed their names a few times, and that's the latest name that they've got now is Parl Americas. And they want global governance, basically, and, of course, they want regional governance as well for World Parliament, of course. And also this article is quite interesting because it seems everyone is getting on the act at the same time. The media is only too happy to promote all this stuff because uh, it's politically correct, isn't it? And we get so many people, they're transgenders and all the rest of it. It seems to be a very popular thing. It's been taught in school at a very, very young age now. It's quite normal, apparently. But it says, top U.S. Navy SEAL stuns comrades with his latest mission. He's becoming a woman, he says here. And, uh, and of course, they don't become women, just matter how many operations they get. They're not born and they don't have wombs and ovaries and so on. But, uh, you know, simply putting um, e- um, estrogen into you and various other things won't make you a woman, folks. doesn't do. But most of them are actually homosexual, and it's, it's psychically it's better for them in a sense, because then they can still have sex with men. And lots of them are actually in the military, you'll find, because, that yeah, they're going to, they're going to a place where there's more men. Your contact, intimate contact with men, sleeping in tents and all the rest of it. This guy was in there for years, I think 20 years, which means he was more psychopathic too, because special forces are always active across the world. They have no problems with killing lots of people. And uh, that's part of his, his personality, obviously, this character here. But uh, he was deployed 13 times across the globe in missions. Navy SEAL is Team 6. And... Um, uh, it says he was, uh, he was deployed in combat seven times and also earned a Purple Heart and Bronze Star. He retired from Navy SEAL Team 6 2011, only months before it raided Bin Laden's hideout. He works as a military consultant in Tampa, decided to march t- uh, to go public by posting a new LinkedIn profile picture of himself dressed as a woman. So it seems to be awfully popular, as I say, but uh, it's been normalized by the media, who then call him she, and they expect you to do the same, but still he is still a he. Unless he's got ovaries in a womb, or, or else he's a eunuch, basically. That's logic, folks. Not political correct, perhaps, but it's logic. From Hamish myself, Frontier, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, where your gods go with you.